The tournament is finally here. The brackets have been set. The teams are ready to hit the court. And DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy, is celebrating with their largest free basketball survivor pool ever. How large? One jillion dollars. Just kidding. Wow. One million dollars in total prizes up for grabs. Jillion. That's intense. Well, if that's not enough, check this out. When you enter the free DraftKings one million dollar survivor pool, you could get a shot at winning $10,000 for every upset through the first two rounds of the tournament. It's easy to play. Just pick one team per day. If they win, you survive and advance to the next round. Last person standing is the winner. Remember, you can only pick a team once for the entire tournament, so choose wisely. DraftKings is a safe and secure app. You can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Get in on all this week's action. Download the DraftKings app now, enter code THPN during sign-up, and enter the free $1 million survivor pool. And lastly, of course, pick St. Bonaventure. (laughs) Again, that is code THPN to enter into the DraftKings free $1 million survivor pool. Eligibility restrictions and terms and conditions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Straight Up Sabres presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and Buffalo Fanatics. As always, I'm Brendan. And I'm getting drunk outside of 40 Thieves. <laughs> oh, yes. Everybody, we've That's been... Right. It's Steve Smith. Everyone. It is Steve Smith. Everybody, we have waited well over a year to do this episode. It is the Ralph Kruger is fired episode. Taylor, how do you feel? Well, so like I said before, a few episodes ago, even though... We know that firing the coach doesn't solve everything or anything most of the time. It does kind of feel good to get a fresh, fresh start, clean break, and some proof that the owners are alive and paying attention, at least moderately. So I think this was the right move. Obviously, I've said this forever. I mean, if, it only feels like forever. It's mm-hmm. been like a month. Uh, yeah, there's, there's no way around it. You can't lose 12 games in a row. No. So Ralph Kruger ends his tenure with a 36-49-12 and 12 record. He is the fourth most losing coach in team history when it comes to win percentage. Uh, he ends his career on a 12-game losing streak, which I feel like very appropriately was capped off with uh, Jeff Skinner scoring the last Sabres goal of his tenure. Um you know, when you look at what went wrong for this team, I think there's a lot of things that you could point to things that we've talked about at length Uh, for starters, deployment, deployment, deployment was a huge, huge issue with him. Um, His line combinations, his insistence on relying on older players who just quite frankly, just didn't have it anymore um, and, and giving them minutes that they really did not deserve or earn while at the same time, not giving minutes to younger players who would, be more successful in those minutes um you know you look at his defense his defense first philosophy something you know really trying to kind of replicate like the islanders model in a way and it just didn't work especially considering the talent that they had on the roster uh and then look at some of the the regressions that have happened under him i mean rasmus Dahlin had one of the best rookie seasons for an 18 year old defenseman in nhl history under phil housley and then ralph kruger comes to town and Dahlin has been a completely different player you know, Henry Yokiharyu was brought in and was a promising young defensive prospect and uh, looked really good early on with them. Uh, had high hopes for him, and he now has been back and forth between the taxi squad and in the lineup. And so, 
pretty much across the board, things have been been really bad. You know, Jeff Skinner's situation, again, that goes into deployment as well. Um, so Taylor, where do you think, <laughs> this is maybe a bit of a loaded question, but do you think that there was somewhere in particular where things went wrong, or do you just think that this was the wrong hire from the start? Oh, uh, I think it has to be that. I don't think he was really capable as an NHL coach. And I think what you saw last year was his system working about as well as it could. With mm-hmm. The team was pretty healthy last year, wasn't it? For the most part, ish. Yeah. Mark missed some time. Yeah. Olofsson missed a little time. Skinner missed a little time. Overall, it's mm-hmm. one of the healthier seasons they've had in a while, I'd say. Uh, and look where they were. They were 25th. They were trending towards probably being like 27th by the end of the year. They were mm-hmm. free fall when the when the shutdown happened. It's funny that, to think. that was the best case scenario. That was them defending well. That was them. And you know, the other thing was that like last year they had their patented, like, well, it's the second last week of February. It's time for us to stop giving a shit that mm-hmm. they've had for a few years in a row now, unfortunately. Unfortunately, like five years in a row. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think it it never went right. And it started to go really wrong uh with the COVID outbreak this year. Yeah. Obviously, he got COVID. A lot of guys on the team got COVID. Rasmus Rasalinen got COVID extremely badly. He was out for weeks. Still isn't fully recovered from it. Yeah, seems like he's not. Uh, so after that, though, he stopped adjusting. It, it It's not like he stopped trying, but like like we mentioned before, uh, we've complained about a lot. He had Egan, a reader, and a poso together mm-hmm. for so many minutes, and it was so clearly not working. He wasn't. He wouldn't move Jeff Skinner into a better situation. He, he did that maybe once or twice all season. So he wasn't adjusting. So things started to get worse, worse than extremely bad. Yeah. And I think that there were just warning signs pretty much from the get-go that it, it, it wasn't anything like any, I guess, like singular decision that he made. You know, I, I just think about some of the quotes of his where, like, for example, the way he would talk about Rasmus Dahlin and placing this importance on him having a, a sound two-way game or being defense first when in reality, it's like, that's not the kind of player that Dahlin is. And so, you know, just player utilization and putting guys in positions to succeed. The same can be said for Jeff Skinner as well with the way that he played him and handled him. Um, you know, playing him on the fourth line with Riley Sheehan and, and Curtis Lazar, it, it just, it didn't make any sense. And then also his quotes with saying things like their power play should be driving their scoring offense. And it's like, my man, your five on five play needs to be driving your scoring offense. You can't be reliant on the power play to score goals. You're only on the power play a couple minutes a game. Like, yeah. and sometimes not at all. Like you need to be sound at five on five first and foremost. And it just seemed like, you know, we talk about this a lot and, and it's thrown around there, the whole snake oil salesman thing, but it's the truth. I mean, the guy came in and posed as this forward thinking mind who was going to bring new, new ideas and, and principles to the game. He was going to be analytics driven and he's done none of that. And his moves, to be honest, have, have proven to be the antithesis of that. Yeah, it, it, frankly, this might, he's, he's not the worst coach we've ever seen in Buffalo sports or Sabres history, but he presided over some of the lowest times, like not even just the fact that they were bad. They were bad. Just like they have the same shitty record they've had under like five or six coaches in a row. Now Uh, they, this is the end of that line Not the end, obviously, but the most recent it's a building effect. Mm -hmm. So I'm still mad. We're all still mad about the 2006 conference finals. We're mad about 2007. We're mad about the way 08 through 12 went. We're mad about how 2013 was a disaster. 
some people are still mad about the tank. Um, <laughs> then we're mad like that 2016-17 thing go better. They didn't get good faster. And then 2017-18. So it's just everything is built. Just the 1,000 things I could mention there. So that makes it even worse as a low point. And to make it even worse than that, we had this pandemic that's terrible uh, in an unspeakable way on its own merits, but just the way it's also affected hockey, which I know is a ridiculous thing to say, but just from a hockey perspective, it cuts off last season short by about a dozen games. It screws up, you know, the entire hockey timeline for probably about two years. And now they're playing this whole year wisely without fans. Unfortunately, fans are coming back soon. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll talk about that. Uh, and it just, he's not even, it, it, it's just like this, this, this has been such a, a disaster. It's such a bad, so bad vibes all around the country. Bad vibes. And things are getting better, obviously. You know, I'm, I'm trying to be a good vibes guy now. Mm. Outside you? of the Sabres. Oh. Well, I mean, for the summer. <laughs> <laughs> One of the big things is the Sabres season will be over. But this is just, it's just a dark time. It's a dark, dark time. It kind of reminds me of things, obviously, bankruptcy back in 2002, 2003 was a little bit closer to success. I mean, they'd been in game seven of the second round less than two years earlier at that point. But the city was in a dark place at that time. That's like right around the same time as the red green budget. Mm-hmm. The city, you know, we just got talk, done talking with the, the Bruins podcast of the, you know, our, our friends from the Hockey Podcast Network. You know about how different downtown is. Mm-hmm. Imagine you going to Sabres games when we were kids. You went to the game and then you got out of downtown, not because it was dangerous or anything like that, but because what were you gonna do? Nothing else going like on. It's Pearl Street and a bunch of empty shit. Like, Good lord, I can't even imagine what it would be like down there. Like if the Sabres were even good, not even I in know. the playoffs, if they were even good in the regular season. Yeah. So like back, so back then was a similarly dark time, but now it's just you're so far removed from success and seemingly so far away from it in the future. That uh, I don't really know. I don't know. It's it's tough. Uh, it, it's it's just this. It, it, I hope it goes down as the worst era because I don't want to imagine how this can get worse. I don't think it. I literally <laughs> do not think that it can. Just don't say that. No. All right. Well, you know what? Let's think ahead to the future then. So so let's let's think about the ramifications of today. So Kevin Adams on Wednesday uh, had an eleven thirty press conference after the news came out early this morning around eight o'clock that Ralph Kruger was fired. In his press conference, generally speaking, there wasn't a whole lot that was of interest or anything new that he had said, with the exception of a couple of things. Um, one, something that we had talked about last the last couple of episodes, the Sabres do not currently have an assistant general manager, any. they don't. You could have multiple, but they don't have any. Um, they have a depleted scouting department as well, but really the assistant general manager is something that has been sorely lacking from the team when you have a first-time GM who has no front office experience. And so Kevin Adams did say that he is in the midst of a search for conducting uh, their new uh, assistant general manager. Uh, one of the names that's been put out there is Jason uh, Carmanos, I believe it is, Jason Carmanos. Uh, He was previously with the Penguins, but also with the Carolina Hurricanes and him and Kevin Adams seem to know each other well. I don't know a ton about him, but uh, our pal, what's that? Penguins, you say. Oh, yes. Surprising. Um, But I don't know a ton, but I will say, I just know our, uh, our pals, Chad and Anthony had said that in spite of their like limited knowledge of him, they know that he's a big numbers guy and was involved with Carolina, like the establishing of Carolina's analytics department there. Ooh. And they have one of the most robust ones in the league. Yeah. So that's great. Um, and then he also said with regard to search for a new coach that 
So as we know right now, Don Granado is going to be coach, uh, interim coach, and then Matt Ellis and Dan Girardi are promoted to assistant coach uh, in light of C. Smith also getting fired again. So <clears throat> Kevin Adams did indicate, though, that the coaching search is going to start now. They're not going to wait until the offseason to begin that. So he didn't necessarily shut the door on hiring somebody full time this season, which gives me a little bit of hope because we can get into the to the options who might be available now, because that's really what we have to look forward to is who the next coach of the Sabres might be. Um, but just generally speaking, Taylor, what are your thoughts on that in terms of, well, for one, the assistant general manager search kicking off, and then two, them kicking off the coaching search now as compared to into the off season? So yeah, they definitely need an assistant general manager and they needed one nine months ago. Like ridiculous that they waited this long. Uh, I think that I'd like to add before I get into that, that they also need a team president, a team president of hockey operations. Kim Pagula is not qualified, never has been. They obviously need to make a big change there. But assistant GM is also something they need. Kevin Adams is a first-time GM. He's never been an assistant GM. Mm -hmm. He was nowhere near hockey operations last year. So he could use the help, maybe an experienced assistant. He was at like literal hockey operations at Harbor Center. Like, yeah, I mean, the functionality of the rink. Yeah. Yeah. Not running a franchise. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's not the point here today. But um, So, assistant uh, GM's a good idea. I know I joked about Pittsburgh and our Pittsburgh connection that we love so much. Mm. But, and that used to be our thing in football. It's like the funny, our thing in football now is Carolina. I know. We're also building a Carolina connection. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. So, I'm fine with that. That that would be a good development to me. It'd also be a good development if they hired some goddamn scouts. Uh, and to answer your second point, yes, starting the coaching search now is a good idea. It's been pointed on Twitter. I'm not saying anything novel here, but Sabres are the only team looking for a coach right now. That means that any coach who wants a job, they could be looking to Buffalo. I don't think a lot of guys, you know, maybe some guys are in a position to go, no, I, I'm confident I'll get hired by someone I'd rather coach for <laughs> over the summer. Uh, but maybe they don't, maybe they go, well, you know, who knows? Cause it, when's, when's the coaching search going to take place this year later than usual. Mm-hmm. So we're a few months away from it. Maybe they're not confident in that. Maybe they don't know. Maybe they think, well, maybe a lot of teams aren't going to fire their coaches this year. Cause it's a, it's a weird year. Yeah, that's true. There Either was... way, you're not competing against anyone right now. No one else is trying to talk to Bruce Boudreau or Gerard Gallant. Right. Or uh, maybe. Cole well, Cole. Seattle, maybe. That's what I'm concerned about with uh, Gallant. Yeah. Okay. There's, there is Seattle, Seattle. And I, if I'm Gallant, I'd rather go there. Right. Seattle is a better child than Buffalo, even they don't have any players yet. Um, yeah. So, yes, this is a great time to start it. And so, yeah, either way, Granado's got to get a little time to coach. Good for him. And when you hire a coach, you know, he just goes back to his regular job. I don't think he's done a bad job or anything. And then hopefully, or whatever, you send Ellis and Girardi back to the AHL. When they're brand new, they could probably use some more seasoning. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, at this point, yeah, I'm looking – we're probably going to want to get into this. I'm looking for them to yeah. see how interested Bruce Boudreaux is. Yeah, I mean, we've – Ellie Friedman uh, reiterated it today. We've heard it several times over the past week that Bruce Boudreaux not only would be interested, would love to have this job due to him currently – I believe he currently lives in Pennsylvania. He grew up just over the border uh, up in Canada. And, uh, I, I, I mean, I don't know how – this guy even showing a semblance of interest, how you aren't jumping all over it. So 
Um, do, do you care if I just kind of get right into this? Oh, yeah. I have a bunch I want to get into. Feel. All right. So uh, the big back and forth between people, it's kind of twofold. It's the, on the one hand, people are asking themselves, okay, do we want to um, hire a guy like Boudreaux or Gallant, or do we want to go maybe the younger route with a guy like Nate Lehman, for example, a non-NHL hire? Um, on top of that, that's really what it comes down to essentially is just whether you want to go experience versus no experience and go for like an outside hire point of view for me, what I would prefer that the Sabres do is they hire a coach right now. Like you said, Taylor, I think that it's very risky for them to wait until the summer to do that because you don't want to get in a bidding war with other teams. If you have a guy like Sure, you may really like Lehman and you may have had a really good conversation with him when you had interviewed him the year that Kruger was hired, but what if other teams feel the same way and they want to pursue him and then he gets a better opportunity put out there to him and another team wants to hire him? You know, then what are you going to do? You waited this long when in reality you could have had a guy like Boudreaux or Gallant like waiting in the wings that you could have on board. Yeah. Um, I just say real quick, when is Lehman going to become available? In the next couple of weeks. I think so. Yeah. I'm, I don't think Providence has too much more to go, if at all, for that matter. Yeah. Um, <laughs> as you can tell, I don't really paying close attention. Yeah. To right I, no, I, I honestly don't know if they're still playing right now. But um, so again, let's go back though. As we had mentioned before, this is a team that right now is lacking an assistant general manager, they are lacking scouts across the board in the WHL, in Finland, and in Russia. Um, they have a shell of an analytics department with only one person there, which, you know, when you look at other teams around the league who have much more robust analytics department, we're talking about like four or five, six people. <clears throat> so with all that in mind, I mean, I, I, I understand the allure and wanting to hire a guy like Lehman, and I'm not going to like throw a hissy fit if they do hire him because I've just come to just be at peace with this disappointment that this franchise routinely gives us. But it just, to me, makes all the sense in the world to go for Bruce Boudreaux. I like Gerard Gallant a lot. And to be honest, <clears throat> if I didn't think that it was like a foregone conclusion that he was going to end up in Seattle, that I would probably be able to talk myself into hiring him instead of Boudreaux. I probably could pretty comfortably do that, actually. Um, but I just, I think it's a foregone conclusion that Gallant is going to end up in Seattle. And so that brings us to Bruce Boudreaux. So just to give some background on Boudreaux, just to refresh everybody, because he has been out of the league for a little bit. Um, so his coaching career began in Washington back in 2007. He had taken over after the team started off 6-14-1. and one. He takes over. They play out the rest of the season and go 37-17-7 and seven to win their division, and he ends up winning the Jack Adams as a rookie head coach. Um, after that, they go on to win three straight division titles, and the third of which of those three straight ends up also including a President's Trophy, which was in 2010-2011. Uh, they end up losing in seven to Montreal in the first round, uh, and then the next season, they fell apart in November after a pretty decent start, and then he gets fired after that. So he had consistent success in Washington. He just really could not get out of the first round with them. Um so at the time of his firing, Boudreaux was the fastest coach to 200 wins in NHL history. I don't know if that actually is still holding up today, but I mean, that's still a very impressive feat at the time, considering it was only like, it was less than 10 years ago. At I this bet point. it does hold up. I would assume so. Uh, so then pretty much right after he gets fired from Washington, at the same time, Anaheim was making a coaching change and they bring him on board. So 
He's going from a team with Washington where your core is Alexander Ovechkin, Alex Semin, Nick Bagstrom, Mike Green, and those star players all thrived under him because Boudreaux, his system is offense first, almost to a fault sometimes. And people have pointed that out as a criticism of his, that he really doesn't focus on defense as much. But I kind of like that. I When I was doing some research on him over the past few days, um, he had a quote that had said, you know, when I was growing up and when I was a player, like any time I thought about, you know, being a coach, I wanted to be the kind of coach that uh, played to win games rather than played not to lose them. And is that not what the Sabres have desperately needed in a coach for this entire drought? Pretty much. Absolutely. I mean, that's, that's exactly what this team needs. And so uh, yeah, he said, I, the, the quote was, if I was ever to go into coach, I'd be more aggressive and try to win the game instead of trying not to lose. I mean, that you, you can't ask for more than that. Like, that is what you want out of a coach, what you want to hear from a coach in today's NHL. So as I had said, he had a ton of success with these offensive players, and they had a ton of firepower on Washington. He goes to Anaheim then, where his core consists of Getzlav and Perry, who are obviously great, but at this point, it's the mid-2000s. They're in their 30s already. Um, at the time, you know, they were kind of in the range of just being like, what's up? I was going to say, well, I was going to add real quick, Kessler. Yeah, Kessler and, was there. Well, I was going to get to that, yeah. I was going to say, when they were there, though, he got there in their prime, right? Ish, I mean. 2011. Yeah, uh, he got there in 2011, and then he had, I think they had maybe, like, a one of, like, their really good years, but I think by the, the third year that they had made the playoffs with him, they were only putting up, like, 70 points a year. So they weren't, like, blowing the doors off by that point once you get yeah. a little bit later than that. Um, you also have a, a young Richard Raquel, uh, Ricard Raquel, Jacob Silverberg, you know, so like they have young guys coming up through the system, but they really didn't have a ton of insane star power outside of Getzlab and Perry. But from 2012 to 2016, they had four straight division titles. Um, and then eventually by the, at the, you know, after their fourth division title, he ends up losing again in the first round and gets fired after uh, game seven loss. A week later, he's hired in Minnesota um had a shorter stint in minnesota he makes the playoffs in his first two seasons there actually the uh second of which was eric Stahl's 40 goal season which we are only two years removed from from which is pretty crazy to still think about yeah, he's not gonna have four goals this season no probably not but you have Stahl again who put up 40 goals um by that point too you have yeah they're a little bit more on the older side with parise and Ryan Suter, but you also then have like a younger Matt Dumba. They had Michael Granlund at the time, who they eventually end up trading to Nashville and get Kevin Fiala in return. Um, so he misses the playoffs in the third season there. And then by the fourth season, after like a bad start, he gets canned. So if you were to bring in Boost Boudreau today, though, um, based on Sabres coaches who have coached more than 100 uh, NHL games, he would rank third in win percentage. If he came in right now. Wow. Yeah. Behind who? Uh, Floyd Smith and Scotty Bowman. Wow. Yeah. Pretty nice. Pretty yeah. nice. Um, so then we let's look at Lehman. So little breakdown with him, if that's cool. And then we'll kind of dissect them both. Cause I feel like Lehman and Boudreaux are the two options here. Really? Would you agree? Realistic options. Realistic seeming, options. Seemingly that's what it's going to be one of the two. Right. I got to just put this out there too. I, 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 we've been joking the whole, like, oh, we're going to become the Seattle podcast thing. If they hire John Tortorella at the end of the year, I swear to God, I will quit being a Sabres fan. I don't know how, but I will force myself to quit. I will not 
endure being a fan of that dude as my coach. He'll probably get fired, right? That's why I'm worried. Yeah, I, I'm going to say this, though, about John Tortorella. That would be great for podcast content. It would be, but also I just it would be horrible for the team. Yeah, probably. It'd be terrible. It's like having like Mike Harrington as your coach with how he treats like star players. It's ridiculous. Anyway, though, <laughs> am I wrong? Yeah. Mike uh, Harrington no, 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 no. would totally be the kind of dude to be like, oh, you need to sit Patrick Line. You need to sit Pierre. Uh, I don't know. If, I don't think Harrington's that kind of guy. Come on. Are you kidding exactly. me? No. He's not like, not exactly. Not like Tortorella. Tortorella I know that. I'm fucking psycho. Yeah, I'm obviously. No, I, don't, I think T- Harrington is a pretty reactionary to uh, how many points a guy has had recently or kind of how they look generally. Uh like he wanted to sit Skinner because Skinner hasn't didn't have a goal for how many games. I think a lot of coaches would be like that. I think Tortorella's like, I don't think there's anyone like Tortorella. Like maybe Sutter, kind of, but Sutter mm. wasn't as antagonistic towards everyone. Tortorella That's is what I mean, the antagonist. So goddamn too. angry yep. all the time. You're gonna tell me that that's not similar to how Mike Harrington has been on these Zoom calls lately. <laughs> Mike Harrington, they're like, all right, Mike Harrington, you're next up. He's like, what's up, motherfuckers? Like, listen, I hate you. I hate everything about you. I hate your family. I hate everything you stand for. What do you think about that? What do you think about that? Do you have any thoughts? That's literally what this dude is doing in these Zoom press conferences. Yeah, it's hilarious. He's like, I think you should be tried for war crimes. How does that make you feel? Like, why do you why do you act like this? Like, he's ridiculous. I'm yeah. just saying there's some there's some similarities there. I think it's interesting that he told Kevin Adams that he's wearing a chastity belt. <laughs> yeah. How do you know? <laughs> oh boy all right anything in our dms about that so <laughs> so no but I'll, yeah i'll say this though there's no one like Tony. there's not He's and i don't want him i don't want him i, I don't want any part of him no 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 i don't want any part of this absolutely not what about his, his goatee no i don't want i don't want not the goatee i don't want the glasses i don't want the screaming i don't want the benching i don't want anything i don't want anything with him what about the stanley cup no i don't want that either not uh, from him nope you wouldn't want to win the Stanley Cup if it was a coach. I like would that. want to win the Stanley Cup, but you're not going to win the Stanley Cup in 2021 with John Tortorella as your coach. No, I mean, season's already, already almost over. Maybe 2022, though. You know what I'm saying, you <laughs> no. son of a bitch. All right, anyways, <laughs> Nate Lehman. Let's talk about him really quick before we kind of compare the two because this is, like I said before, it seems like these are kind of like the two ends of the spectrum and the two main options here. So Lehman is um, – has been a collegiate cro- coach his entire professional career. Uh, he has a 30, uh, 336, 245, and 83 uh, <clears throat> total win record. Currently, he serves as the coach of Providence, where he is 198, 117, and 48, so pretty impressive there. He's 48 years old, so he's really young. Um, <clears throat> he coached from 2003, 2004 to 2011, or 2010, 2011 with Union. Um, from 11, 12 to present, he's been with Providence. In 2014, 15, he coached Providence to a national championship. Um, in 2018, 19, which was the last Frozen Four that was actually held, uh, he, he had taken Providence to the Frozen Four. Uh, he has nine straight years with a winning record. And most recently he coached team USA to the gold at this year's world junior tournament. So he has a pretty impressive resume. Um, but the thing to me is that it feels like that is the kind of hire. And I think we might've said this last week, but this is the kind of hire that in my eyes should have happened two years ago, rather than Ralph Kruger. I don't think that with where the, the roster is right now, where you have a disgruntled star player in Jack Eichel, where we, 
he should not be traded and I don't want him to, but <clears throat> the fact of the matter is, is that that talk is just not going to go away until they make the playoffs. You don't know what's going to happen with Rasmus Dahlin. You have a ton of, not a ton, I shouldn't say, but you have some really solid pieces at forward with Eichel, Reinhardt, Skinner, Cousins, potentially Hall if he comes back. <clears throat> and so to me, do you want to, you know, with how pivotal the upcoming offseason is, how important next season is going to be, you know, I like Lehman's background and, you know, two years ago, again, I probably would have been a lot more into this idea than I am right now, but are we going to put our future, the future of this franchise in the short term and in the long term in the hands of somebody who has never coached in the NHL or the hands of somebody who has made the playoffs 10 of his 13 seasons as a coach? I, I mean, to me, it's just such a clear and obvious choice that Boudreaux should be the guy considering the success that he has had both, you know, with star players and maximizing their talent and also making the most of rosters that maybe shouldn't be performing as well as they actually are. What do you think? Yeah. So my choice is Boudreaux and what, what a lot of people are going to say, maybe, maybe, maybe not, who knows? Sabres okay. fans will probably be fine with it. <clears throat> what some people in the hockey world might look at Bruce, Bruce, Jesus Christ, Bruce Boudreau and say, that guy is a loser in the playoffs. And the easy answer for us as Sabres fans mm -hmm. is to go, who cares? Just get there. Mm -hmm. Get there like once even. Then mm -hmm. we'll figure it out after that. Yes, you know, that's not really a concern for us. But I would say even if I was a fan base that had aspirations to win the cup or at least make a deep run, I would say that's kind of an unfair label. I know it gets to a point where it's like, man, you made the playoffs 10 times and you've never made a cup and you made it with some really good teams. But I look back, they lost in 09, the first time the Capitals are really mm -hmm. good. They lost in seven to the Penguins, the Penguins team that won the cup. That was pretty much the conference finals. It was actually the second round, but mm -hmm. it was pretty much the conference finals that year in the East. Now, what are you going to say? Is that really his fault? Next year, 2010, they run into Yaro Halak, <laughs> who was not even supposed to be the starting goalie for Montreal. Mm -hmm. You know, that Washington team had like 125 points or something like that team. They, they were like, they were the one seed. They were the President's Trophy winners. And that Montreal team probably was in the high 80s. They were not good. Carey Price should have been starting. I don't know what was up with him. I don't he might have been hurt. He might have been hurt. Halak starts. Beats them and the Penguins, actually, to get to the conference finals. But in that series, they took, like, 80% of the goddamn shots. <laughs> like, they didn't win. Mm -hmm. They didn't win because Halak had one of the two really good playoff series he's ever had. They mm -hmm. just both happened to be in the same year. And that sometimes, you know, that's where the cookie crumbles. And then in 2011, nice. yeah. Bruce Almighty. Yeah, Bruce Almighty. Classic. 2011, they... Well, they just weren't good in the playoffs. I think that he got fired in 11-12. 2011, mm -hmm. they kind of got ragdolled. Maybe he has to own that one because they got smacked by the Lightning, who I don't think were actually very good. But again, mm -hmm. they, ran, they ran into another hot goalie, and then he gets fired. He goes to Anaheim He the next day, I believe. Well, no, his in 2011-12, he gets fired midseason. It was, but the year prior was when they lost in seven to Montreal. So he got fired the middle of, of November. They had a good start to the year and then they get fired in November and he got hired, I think two days later by Anaheim. So he wasn't even around when they played. Does that make sense? Yeah. So wait, no, I thought he got fired in the middle get in the middle of 11, 12. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. In 2011 in the spring, they lose to Tampa. I don't think so, man. I'm pretty yeah, sure. No, 20, the 20, yeah. They lose to Tampa. 
because it was they there was uh not consecutive uh i don't know what adjective there are two sweeps at the same time in the eastern conference boston swept philadelphia and tampa swept uh washington and then boston beat tampa in seven in the conference final and then won the cup hmm. I that could have sworn one. that the last his last um no, that, it was 2010. Was... Like that's the 2010 one. Montreal goes to the conference final and loses to Philadelphia, and then Philadelphia loses to Chicago. Right. Okay. Yeah. So so they so I would say that's the one Boudreaux has to kind of own. You know, mm-hmm. whatever. Team, you know, guys have bad series, whatever. And then he gets fired midseason 2011 12 because they have a slow start. I think they were the seventh seed that year, and they ended up upsetting Boston. That's obviously he's not the coach anymore at that point. So whatever. Uh, but he goes to Anaheim because Anaheim's a big disappointment. I think they still had Carlisle until they fired him. They fire Carlisle, bring in uh, maybe Carlisle. Don't quote me on that. Carlisle, he might have been a leaf at that point. Whatever, not important. They bring in Boudreaux and they get way better, but they don't make the playoffs. And then the next year, they win the division. And it seemed like it was out of nowhere because it's like Anaheim had kind of underachieved in one way or another since they'd won the cup in 07. And now it's like all of a sudden this team that was a borderline playoff team or was only going there if they went when Corey Perry had 50 goals or or whatever, all of a sudden they're as good as anyone in the NHL. That year they lose in the first round. I'm going to say this a million times. I don't think that was his fault. It's a seven-game series. Could have gone either way. They probably shouldn't even have won their division that year, so I wouldn't be that mad about it. The next year. Okay, that's a little bit tougher. Seven-game series, they lose to L.A. L.A. won the Cup. They took L.A. to seven games, mm-hmm. and L.A. won the Cup. That's I don't know how much we can blame them for that. And then the next year, they go to game seven of the conference finals and lose to Chicago. Mm-hmm. Who, Brendan, what do they do that year? On the Stanley Cup. Yeah, so I don't know how much how mad you can get. But at that point, you're like, this guy loses every year, and he loses in game sevens. And then in 2016 – they lost in the first round in a game seven, but it's the first round. I mean, and they had had a really slow start to that year. And all of, all of a sudden it seemed like their guys were old. I don't know why they brought in Randy Carlisle to replace him, but what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in Minnesota, I feel like you got the most out of those teams. Those weren't teams that had cup aspirations like his previous two stops. No, no. They're just perfectly fine. To, you know, they're fine teams and they, they were really at the end of their run too. They were much better. Uh, equipped to make a run in say 2014 to 2016 and right. he was there so i'm i'd be pretty i think he's done a good job everywhere mm-hmm. and like I, only a couple of those playoff disappointments are actually really disappointments because you know really losing in the seven games isn't usually disappointment it's usually a flip of a coin and i'd be willing to bet that you know if he comes here People are going to focus a lot less on his playoff disappointments if he actually gets the Sabres team to the playoffs. Right, right. I mean, he might be punching his Hall of Fame ticket if that happens. Absolutely, he would. He's probably kind of a borderline case now because he's never been to the Cup, and he isn't that high in the wins list because he hasn't coached that many seasons. Right. But, like, if he got the Sabres to the playoffs, he would just have the reputation of, like, a miracle worker. Yeah, you could just get teams to the playoffs no matter what. And then people would start paying attention to the fact that the Capitals were not good before he got there. Mm Mm-hmm. The Anaheim was really on a downward trajectory. Minnesota maybe would have uh, slipped further faster. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And you were, I did double check. So 9-10 was the seven game series against Montreal. And then 10-11, they beat the Rangers in the first round. And yeah. then they get swept by the Lightning in the second. So yeah, my bad on that one. Yes. Yeah. I'm I'm with you though. I uh, He has had success everywhere. He's made the most of... Like I said before, that's the other thing I keep thinking about too, is 
not even like so much of like a, a philosophical thing because yeah sure like he definitely like talks a big game with just saying that he wants to be aggressive with how he you know uh, approaches the game which is pretty much the opposite of how Kruger was much more of like a defensive minded coach but you can look no further than then the fact that like with Washington he had a bunch of young star players who were producing and also not to mention too like defensemen have success under him with from like a scoring perspective like when Boudreaux was coaching the Caps was when Mike Green was going wild and like putting and up crazy 30 numbers season yeah you know and then thinking about it like he goes to Anaheim and Anaheim at that point they had so many good defensemen like young ones too especially with like Vatanen at the time and um I think Lindholm was yeah Lindholm would have been there he probably been young younger Cam Fowler right um Shea Theodore I don't know what the overlap was there I don't know if Theodore showed up like no he would have yeah you're probably yeah you're probably right and then yeah I mean he goes to Minnesota and you have Ryan Suter there who uh, a couple years ago I mean up until then really was still considered to be like a top end defenseman maybe not where he was previously in terms of his standing but he was still respectable um you know pretty damn good and so what more do you want out of a coach that you don't, that you wouldn't get out of Bruce Boudreaux? It's as much of like a known commodity as you could possibly ask for. He has the experience that you need. Players are going to respect him, you know, because that's, and he has seemingly the tools to execute a successful style of play. You know, I want to have an offensive minded coach. We can't keep doing this where we're going to have guys who are defense first. Like I don't want to be the Islanders. The Islanders, yeah, sure, they maybe made it to the conference finals last year, but like, but they have that's not they have the personnel to do that. Well, yeah, exactly. And like, they have Cal Clutterbuck and Matt Martin, and we have Jack Eichel and Sam Reinhardt and yeah. Jeff Skinner and Dylan Cousins and Rasmus Dahlin and Yoki Haru and like guys who are skilled players who need to be treated and used as such. Yep. <sighs> Any you know, last Jack thoughts? Quinn doesn't really add to the the idea of like playing like this either it's another yeah that's fair he doesn't really fit that mold Mm -hmm. anyway should we move on to lehman yeah let's do it i mean so as far as lehman goes shut down in 08 big big disaster a lot of people are pretty upset about that i definitely understand what happened would you be mad if they hired lehman though like on a real note (sighs) i guess i'd give him a chance i i mean i'd be a little bit mad that they didn't hire pedro yeah yeah I, i think it's also too we like when we say give a chance, it's more so just like begrudgingly being like, yeah, whatever, I guess, you know, I guess I'll keep watching. I, I, yeah. I'm kind of past the point of being like, come on, we got to give this guy a chance. <laughs> Cause like I have, I just do not care about giving anybody chances anymore with this team. 10 years of not making the playoffs. We don't yeah. have, we don't owe, we don't owe the Pagulas anything when it comes no. to trusting their decision-making process. So for me, I mean, as far as Lehman goes, I wouldn't be mad about it. But like I said, it just feels like this is the kind of hire that you would have made when you were going to hire Housley or when you were trying to hire Kruger or when you did hire Kruger, I should say. Um, Again, like I get the benefits of him, you know, like I like that he could be uh, just like a younger mind and just having like a a fresh perspective and breaking out of like the old boys club mold that is currently in place in the NHL. Um, if he's an offensive minded kind of guy too, which it kind of seems like, I mean, that's good. But to me, it's, I, I just, I think that 
I, I can't believe I'm saying this because I think both of us are kind of like this. We're never the kind of people to say, oh, you need experience or whatever, because I'm I'm down with taking chances. I was ready for them to hire Ricard Gronberg back in uh, 2018. But with Lehman, it just doesn't it just doesn't feel like it's it's the remedy for what the makeup of this team is right now and what this not only team like the organization needs as a whole and the fan base for that matter, too. Fair. So I just looked this up because we were talking about it earlier. Uh, the Providence is about literally as we speak is losing uh, to UMass at, at the game might have just ended, honestly, in the Hockey East semifinal. So I don't know if they'd make the NCAA tournament. Oh, interesting. Because that's tough because there's only 16 teams that make it in hockey, right? Mm-hmm. So, hmm. Interesting stuff. So that could be their season. I don't know. Well, and I'm sure too. You don't ne- come here for college hockey analysis, I guess. Right, I guess. I guess, yeah. So we might be coming, becoming available very soon. True. And if we've learned anything too, it's that I'm sure that reports about this are going to probably trickle out pretty quickly if they're conducting a coaching search right now rather than waiting, you know? Like yeah, absolutely. Boudreaux is available, Gallant is available, and Lehman is is probably going to be too. I mean, do you have any, actually, while we're on that topic too, do you have any thoughts on Gallant or are you in kind of the same headspace where I'm at where it's like this dude's just going to go to Seattle? Well, if Seattle is like, we really want to hire this guy because of how it went with the last expansion franchise, which they probably should be thinking. Yeah. About. And I'm Gallant. I'm doing that. I mean, Seattle is going to be better than Vegas. I think like, at least like with the options that are available to them in the draft, I'm not saying like they're going to perform better, but I think that the options that will be available to them in the upcoming expansion draft are probably going to be better than what, like there's going to be bigger names than what Vegas had available. Yeah. So it's, they're obviously a long shot to even put together as good of a roster, even with that, just because just a few big factors are one Florida, existing the way they did in in yeah. the summer of 2017 basically being like <clears throat> the biggest yes, dumbasses you can have jonathan march so but only if you take riley smith <laughs> either of these 30 goal scores and obviously wild bill carlson was not a, at all a, a big name and he was mm-hmm. a 40 goal score so like that's something that that probably just wouldn't happen again mm-hmm. uh and then the other thing is flurry becoming available like he did I even think, but that's the thing though. I think existing guys who are on bigger contracts like that, I think that there's more of them who are around now that you could see end up going there. But like who though? Like a name that comes to mind, like, I mean, JVR potentially from the Flyers. He's having a really productive year for them this year, but with their young nucleus that they have, they're probably not going to be able to protect him. I mean, goaltending wise, you got to think that like, I know he's not having the best year really and hasn't been that great, but like, you know, some of these teams that have tandems like coming to mind right now, like Braden Holtby or like Antti Ranta actually is probably a better example. We don't know where he's going to be um, by the time the expansion draft rolls around. But like teams that are in that like 1A, 1B kind of situation, like they could end up with Georgiev from the Rangers, for example. You know, like sure. he's a pretty good promising young goalie. Um, I'm trying to think, too. I, I was re- I've been reading through too some of like the projected guys who are going to be made available and uh there's definitely some names there i'd like we should actually do that for an upcoming episode it's probably not the best idea right now because we have a lot more to kind of get to yeah. um 
well to discuss with this but we should do an episode where we like do a mock draft of seattle or something that could be kind of cool since we're going to be you know hosting that podcast next year <laughs> yeah <laughs> should be interesting i'm looking forward to georgia being our goal yeah me too <laughs> yeah interesting thing that happened in vegas though you know I, it, it is was, it is there was a lot of luck that first year obviously and a lot of unexpected like chemistry and all that and then in the playoffs flurry just really taking over like it was a combination of different kinds of luck and then but instead of looking at that and being like nope, 100% set, this is our team, or being like, oh, well, you know, we could use a little bit more time or whatever. They're just like, nope, we're going to be good. Mm-hmm. Like that's how they got, like, the patchy ready trade. Uh, they made the Tatar trade, which actually wasn't a good trade, but, hey, whatever now. Like, in getting Mark Stone, getting yep. Petrangelo, all the people they've picked up since then, like, actually committing to being like, oh, we're going to actually be good. This isn't going to be a fluke. Getting Leonard, frankly, that's huge. Yep. Anyway. There's a big move. Also, I'm just looking through right now. I just wanted to take like a quick look um, just at like a random one just to get an idea of some names for Seattle. I know we don't have to go like fully into it, but like other ones that didn't even really come to mind to me, but like Kevin Shattenkirk might be a possibility from Anaheim. Um, Sam Bennett, if he doesn't get traded from Calgary, Vincent Trocek, who was having like a career year this year with Carolina, he's a possibility for somebody who potentially could end up getting picked up, especially with how well he's been playing and Carolina is pretty deep too. So that could end up being an interesting situation for them. Um, Shane Goss to spare too from Philly. That's another like option out there aside with like JVR who might be, you know, put out there. I mean, Tampa has a lot of talent on their team too. Like there's some good teams in the league that are probably going to have to end up losing a, a pretty decent player is all I'm trying to say. So well, the, I'm they, curious. Well, yes, yeah, so I think regardless, it's a better job for Galan. No doubt. No because doubt, you know, no the doubt. funny thing is, and he took the Vegas job because I mean, we didn't really know how that was. There had been an expansion draft in 17 years. Ago. Everybody thought Vegas was going to be terrible. Nobody thought they'd be that good. So Galan probably thought I just had this shit happen to me in Florida. I won a division title and didn't even make it through the next year. I need a cool, you know, this job that'll be cool with me in implementing things over five years. Mm-hmm. And instead he goes to the cup one year and gets fired in his third season. When they were like 24 and 19 too. They had a winning record when they fired him. It was a four game losing streak. We, we've talked about the NHL treating coaches more like the EPL and like having a shorter leash. Galant's literally the only coach that gets that, treated like right. that. Right. It's, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> like Florida left him. They're like crazy. He had to have the, the team employees of the opposing rank, like help him get his suitcase into a cab to go to the airport by oh. himself. Oh my God. For real. Anyway, I have a quiz. Yeah. On this front. So Brendan, we're firing a coach for the sixth time in eight years. Oh, good. Can you believe it? Oh my God. Time flies. Wow. Really fun. So the first Is time we did this, this I don't know. <laughs> Lindy Ruff got fired uh, in the 2013 season. Yep. It feels like just yesterday. Good times. So here's my question for you. Who were the other coaches in the Eastern Conference uh, that season? When Lindy Ruff last coached the Sabres. Whoa. Okay. Um, am I going to get any hints with this or am I just going to have to go for it? Well, I think. I could probably get through a few actually. Yeah. Dan Bilesma. Yes. That's actually the first time I was going to ask. Let's go in order here. Thank you, sir. Cool. Uh, yes, Dan Bilesma. How about New York? Who would have been the coach for the Rangers at that point? Was that Tortorella? It was. There we go. All right. Uh, what about the Islanders? The Islanders. The Islanders made the playoffs this season. Who would have been behind the bench for them? Was it a former player? Mm, no former nhl player yeah oh i do not know actually 
Not um, sure. Do you have anything you can give me on that? On them? Uh, he sound his he. Well, I don't know how to put this. <laughs> Should we skip and maybe go to another team? No, I'm gonna say this. He wasn't a good coach, and he was there for a long time. I feel like a name is on the tip of my tongue too, and I just can't even think of who it is. Um, can I pass and come back to it? Sure. How about Philadelphia? I might be, I might be too late, but is it Peter Lavi- Peter Laviolette? You are correct. Cool. What about New Jersey? Hmm. Is it Lou? No, no but no. He he did coach them at one point. No, um, it was Peter DeBoer. Oh wow! There you go. Current coach of the Sharks, right? Or no, the the Golden Knights actually isn't he coaching them right now? He's been fired. He definitely was the coach of the Sharks and got fired. <clears throat> I think he's the coach of the of Vegas right now. Yeah, I think you're right. Anyway, uh, Montreal. No, no, it wouldn't be him. Or hmm. See now, this one I don't know. Uh, is it Claude Julian? No, no, he would. Is he? Is he Boston? Yeah, no, he is. Yeah. That was the next question. Uh, it was Michelle Terrian. Right, that's dude. Damn it, I was about to say Terrian too. What about Toronto? Mm. Ooh, who was in Toronto um, back then? Oh my God! Any hints you can give me? Oh, he sucked. Yeah, no, I, they I, made the playoffs this year with him. They remember they blew a 4 1 lead. You know, who remembers that everyone in Toronto. Yeah, yeah. No, who was uh, who was the coach back then? Um, former Stanley Cup winner as a player or as a coach? As coach, it's Ken Hitchcock. No, no, no. It's Randy Carlisle. Oh, Randy Carlisle. Duh. What am I thinking? Hitchcock. Jesus. He never even coached in Toronto. <laughs> I don't think. Right? I don't think so either. No. What Ottawa? Oh, man. Who would have even been there at this point? Ottawa um, made the second round this season. God, Taylor, this is a tough quiz, man. Yeah, the first part, I think, is the easier part. Oh, good. Um... Oh my God! I don't even remember who would it who it would be. Would it be uh, what's his name? Um, uh, blah, 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 blah. Oh, I'm sorry, everybody listening right now. I'm totally blank, and I got the dude's face in my head right now, and I can't think of his name. Um, oh my God! Oh my God! Just tell me who it is, so I can just get who is it? Paul McLean. Are you going to get that? I think that's the face I was thinking of, but I could be wrong. Yeah. Washington. What year is this? 2012, 2013? Yeah. Dale Hunter. No. What? Adam Oates? Adam Oates. Son of a bitch. Yeah. How long was Dale Hunter for there? Then like a year? Well, so he was there for half a year. Oh, man. And then Adam Oates. Oh, wait. Are you... Are you, are you sure Oates didn't take over from Pedro? 100%. Hunter took over? 100%. He must have been interim, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I thought they hired him full-time after. Did they Ralston him? I don't know. Wow. Adam Oates. Damn, I thought that would have been the following year because I thought that – wow, I really thought that he had two seasons there. 
Strange. That's weird. Did he get hired mid-season, you think? I'm going to look this up. But uh, Anyway, who do you got next? Oh, boy. How about this? Oh, God. Winnipeg. Right? You're probably thinking, Winnipeg, Eastern Conference. What? Oh, you th- That's wild. But they were in the Eastern Conference for two years. Oh, wow. That's right, actually. Right I should say the, this is also the last year of the old Eastern Conference. Because the uh, Yeah, because the alignment change happened. Okay. Um, They're the, one of the big reasons why it did change. Oh, boy, Taylor. You got any hints for this one? God, no. No way. Nothing. It's not. I mean, Palmer is there now, right? I don't. I'll go with him. Yeah, it's not him. Who? Hold on. I'll look at this Capitals thing just so we get a solid answer because I'm actually confused as well. No, Oates started the year there, so I'm going to go back to the previous what? year. Yeah, Dale Hunter was never anything more than interim. He was finished out the – which is weird. I thought that he – He finished out the 2011-12 wow. season, and then they hired Oates. I thought that Hunter had a – damn, then, you're right, actually. Damn, wow. All right, my bad. And, uh, yeah, then Brian Trotz. And At least I history. knew right away. Yeah, so one of the things with this quiz, too, is this that... Was, so, this quiz sucks. <laughs> this is, well, it's harder than you would think, you know, talking about Yeah, coaches. that's that long ago. Oh, yeah. Um, In a random year, too. It's I mean, it's a lockout year. Ralph Kruger was right. coaching Edmonton. That's why I didn't do the whole league. The West would be impossible. Oh. Uh, but, so, this is the last year of the old Eastern Conference, the old divisions. And this year, that we're in right now, there is no Eastern Conference. Mm-hmm. It's dead. We'll be back next year, hopefully. Uh, and we'll have a new Western Conference with a new addition. Mm-hmm. So anyway, Winnipeg's coach in this year was Claude Noel. <laughs> what the I'm, hell is that? I have nothing to say to that. We're bringing back the Jets to Winnipeg <laughs> for all this time. You're so excited. We got all your favorite Atlanta Thrashers, Toby Enstrom. Oh, baby. All the fellas are here. And by the way, your coach is Claude Noel. Nick Antropov. Yeah, huge. All the Nick Antropov homies out there. Um, what was their goalie's name? Kari Lettinen. No, I was like, oh, I was yeah, Andre Pav- Pavlovich. Oh, yeah, Pavlovich, yeah. Yeah, he sucked. Mm. All right, here's another fun one. Carolina. Uh, so is this, when you say fun, is this just like an impossible one, you mean? Um, not impossible, but they sucked, and they never made the playoffs under this guy, I don't think. So it's like, why would you know this? Is he a current coach? No. <laughs> I can tell you what he's doing right now, if that'll sure. help. Uh, Wait, who is it? It's Kirk Muller. Oh my yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't have gotten all right. Uh, here's here's a funnel on Tampa Bay. This one I feel like I actually do know. You might know it. Can you is it whoever was there right before Cooper? Well, I can give you a hint here. Okay. This guy gets fired near the end of the season and Cooper gets hired. That's what I – okay, yeah. So this the is – longest tenured coach in the NHL. John Cooper is. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. He's great. Um, oh, man, who is this? This is a better, a bigger name coach, isn't it? Ish? <sighs> no? Wow. Kind Maybe of? I'm not thinking of somebody then. Kind of? Oh, Taylor, man, this quiz is absolutely brutal. How would you expect that I would know this? Um, These guys were coaches in our conference. Yeah, well, this is like when we were in like college. Eight years ago. Oh, that's not long ago. Uh, uh, yeah, it is, actually. Is that long ago? Is this past decade? I, I haven't college, taken great fan? care of myself over the past 
you know, handful of years. I, my memory is not what it used to be. I think you should stop hitting yourself in the head with that hammer. I know. It's all I do all day long. The life of being a Sabres fan. Oh, boy. Jesus. Um, God, I really don't know, Taylor. Who is it? Guy Boucher. Guy Boucher, son of a bitch. All right. <laughs> Two more because you were, <laughs> you were cowardly ran away from the islanders question. yeah but dude because i don't know who the answer is though before that we have florida oh my god all right well hold on this guy broke florida's really long playoff uh drought is it it's one of the 10-year droughts the sabers are about to tie um the year prior to this not this year this year florida finished last in the east and earned the right to draft alexander Barkov. is it dal talon no uh, kevin deneen Oh man, I did know that one actually. I really should have had that. All right, this Islanders guy was here forever, and he he had a real dumb dude. I know. I this one I definitely do know. Was how when did his tenure start? Do you know? I'm gonna look this up, and I think it'd be Tavares. I think it'd be Tavares' rookie year. But let's see here. Mm. I'll give you his full tenure. I'll give you. So just so just we on the strong. Let's. I'll give you a few hints. Mm. Okay. That's that's good. Like. You can tell me what its name rhymes with. <laughs> All right. He's an assistant head coach for the Senators right now. If that helps you watch a lot of Senators games these days. All the time. Constantly. He played for the Maple Leafs, Canucks, and Bruins. Um, let's see here. When did he let's when did you take over, bud? He was named the interim coach in 2010, so it was actually Tavares' second year. Their old head coach, Scott Gordon, was fired from that position by Garth Snow, made a 10-game losing streak. Hmm. Can I phone a friend? Yeah, who's your friend? <laughs> My friend Silves, who is a huge Islanders fan. Yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. This is good. This is good. You can only give them the information that it's that year. Who's your coach at that I year? will. I definitely will do that. All right, I'm going to do this and put them on speaker. Hold on. <clears throat> hope everybody can hear this okay. <clears throat> God, I hope he answers. He's also a teacher, so I don't know if he's like getting ready for school tomorrow Damn, still don't do school. this to me Silves. oh this is tough can i put this on hold and not look this up until he calls me back at some point and i'll just tell him oh damn it all right well that's sad what i was gonna say is maybe we wait until next episode for me to answer this one <laughs> it's my phone a friend didn't work it's ridiculous let's <laughs> go look it up who is it it's jack capuano oh man he's only coached for 100 years i know that is one i probably right. should have known you got four i suck who's the savers coach lindy ruff there you go five <laughs> five of 15 powerful that's it's pretty nice well all i can say about this is i'm going to do a different random year at some point and see how you do that's horrible. I'm going to think of the worst quiz for you for our, no, actually, Jesus, we can't do a quiz for like two weeks now. Yeah, we got a lot of interesting stuff coming up. We do have a lot of interesting stuff. We could actually tease this because we just recorded it. But uh, for our Monday episode, we will be having a conversation with Sabres uh, defenseman and fourth all-time leading scorer, Doug Bodger, everybody. That's right. It was a really good conversation. He told us a lot of really great stories about Mario Lemieux, Don Akashic, Mo Gilney, uh, his time, you know, with the Sabres, his time playing with Team Canada in the World Championships where they won a silver medal. Um, 
a lot of great insight on the current Sabres situation. I'm trying to think what other things we talked Anything else of note? I mean, there's a lot. Like, it was just a really fun hour of getting to chat with him. Yep. Yeah. Uh, no, I think you pretty much covered it. Cool. Well, yeah. Your right. recommendation for this week? What's your recommendation? Uh, I'm going to recommend the Bonnies again until they're out. <laughs> I'm going to recommend uh, Indeed.com for Ralph Kruger and Steve Smith. Wow. What an own. Ooh, burn. You know what I'm going to recommend? What? The steak sandwich at 40 Thieves is fantastic, fellas. Serious You know what else is it's... really good at 40 Thieves? What? The nachos. Unbelievable nachos there. Just yep. the bomb. Some of my some of my favorite uh favorite in the city, I would say. Wow. Mm-hmm. High praise. We should go there sometime. Yeah. Food's great. I mean, it's awesome. You can't go there at all. I mean, hopefully it's changed after the pandemic, but like before this, you couldn't go there at all, like from like 10 p.m to like 2 a.m on like a friday or saturday because they just packed them out yeah Mobs. uh but great place for bills games too actually i've had yeah watched a couple games there a lot of fun yeah mm-hmm. i hung out with ralph, ralph kruger hangs out there yeah. yeah and taylor taylor and ralph kruger go there together for their weekly lunch dates yeah very cute shoot the shit have some fun love that yeah he talks to me about like the gross domestic product in like Slovenia and I'm like damn wow it, it do be like that has he ever asked you to come to one of his human sacrifices no I don't think I'm there yet with him I don't think he thinks I'll do it you know what I mean would you no because I'm gonna be the human sacrifice how do you know though what else am I gonna be what if he's trying to welcome you into his bubble and you have to like take part in it he knows I'm not done and the thing is he's a guest there as it is he's not one of the guys you know what I mean interesting are we sure He's someone that had to prove himself. He's okay. not a billionaire. Yeah, but if he's he not from any himself, kind of fam- though. Maybe you could invite someone in, but I think he'd be, bless you. Thank you. He'd be inviting me in. See, he's oh, wait. Oh, wait. No, never mind. It doesn't even matter. My Sylv's just texted me. You rang. That's, well, we'll see if he can get it right. Let me see. I'm going to give him a call back. Hold on, everybody. Hold on. Oh, we have, we might have something here, folks. We'll see. This will be the ultimate test. Well, okay. Um, who's your random Sabres player of the episode? Ooh, Jeff Skinner. <laughs> Mine too, man. <laughs> Mine too. Always and forever, Jeff Skinner. This, this, there's no other player that you could even pick, really, for that matter. Uh-oh, he's typing, folks. Here we go. What else are we going to recommend in the short What else do you want to recommend? Uh, what else do you want to what, – what do you think people need in their lives right now? 6 plus 26 equals 1. What? Just want to put it out there for the holiday. Okay. Okay. We're recording. Okay. Anyone who's wondering, we're recording this on Wednesday. We are actually. That's true. Yeah. Well, oh, he said, oh, God. I don't know. <laughs> I think we're done with this. <laughs> he doesn't want to do this. <laughs> hey, man, you got to. I know you're going to bed or something, but you, you, you got to stay up for this podcast <laughs> for this question I already got wrong. <laughs> oh, man. All right, everybody. Well, thank you all so much for tuning in. We really appreciate it. This has been another episode of Straight Up Savers presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and Buffalo Fanatics. Make sure you're checking out the Hockey Podcast Network and Buffalo Fanatics on their respective websites, as well as all of the great podcast content that they are putting out there. Thank you all so much for tuning in, everybody. This has been another episode of Straight Up Savers. Bye.